Hi, I'm Devin Moore, your host for Humanity Rising's Race to Speak Up podcast and founder of Hashtag Race to Speak Up, an anti-bullying organization. The Race to Speak Up podcast is a place where we have open and engaging conversations about bullying prevention, how to be upstanders, and how we are making a positive change in our communities. So the question now is, how do you race to speak up? Hello and welcome to the Race to Speak Up podcast. I'm your host, Devin Moore. Joining me today is Carlos Hernandez. Born in Mexico, Carlos Hernandez understands the importance of hard work and taking care of his family. Carlos went to architecture school and became an architect in Mexico. Unable to find a job in the field, he studied and became an insurance agent. Married to his high school sweetheart, they had a daughter, Edna, and son, Anthony. Sadly, Anthony Hernandez Caballero, a high school sophomore at the time, committed suicide at home. Carlos learned that his son, Anthony, was being bullied. Devastated by this huge, heartbreaking loss, Carlos decided to help others through his pain and is working with Generations Against Bullying an organization that works to educate students about bullying prevention and how to be upstanders. Welcome, Carlos. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. How about you? I'm doing well, and I'm very happy to speak to you today. Well, my pleasure, too. Now, first, I must say I am extremely sorry for your loss. Why don't you tell us about Anthony? Well, Anthony, um, he was born in uh, 2004, uh, May 19th. And um, he went to uh, preschool, kindergarten, and all that stuff. And uh, at, at the age of, when he started, like the last uh, few years of middle school, he loved he loved football, American football. So he got into a team, and uh, he was just uh, one of those kids with a lot of energy, trying to you know be a sport guy and stuff. And uh, the other thing was a little bit too sensitive in a way, right? So he got into that team in middle school. Then when he uh, finished middle school, we were so lucky that we found a team that they called all year round uh, football team. So which means they are always in action. And uh, he, they, his team was Dolphins, the Dolphins uh, in Chicago. So they, they won the, the statewide and they went to the nationals in Florida and they came back to Chicago with the second place. So it was, it was just great. He was a very good student, a little bit kind of um, too much energy. So it was so easy for him to get bored and stuff for, for the school. But in general, he was a great kid. He was a great kid. Okay, and did you know he was being bullied? Yes, yes, we talked about it. Uh, actually, the reason I mentioned the first team that he was on, um, there was this time that I remember, right, because I was always with him. I was always in his actions for, for football and stuff. And one time uh, he got into, I was waiting for him in my vehicle. So he came into my vehicle and, and he said, Dad, uh, you know, I tackled that, that guy and... Uh, he starts saying things that I didn't understand. And I said, like, what? Well, he told me to go back and jump the wall back to my country. And I thought, oh, my God. So uh, 
it says that I don't understand because I was born in here. I was born in Chicago, so I don't understand what he meant. So that's part of the thing that he was always uh, friendly. He was sweet. He used to hate uh, kind of uh, problems and stuff. I still remember the first time that we went to uh, karate school. He was like about six years old. And he didn't want to get into it because uh, I told him, but Anthony, that's a very, very good, you know, exercise and stuff. But he said, Dad, I don't like to, to beat up people. You know, I, I, I don't like that. So, so, okay. So it took me a while to convince him, you know, to get into the karate thing. So he was, he was always in good shape and stuff, but he used to hate uh, problems or arguments. He was always very friendly with his friends. So that was the first time that I heard that he was being bullied you know, on his football team. So, and I had to talk to the coach, but I didn't see much response for that. So when, when we got into the point that we were looking for a high school for him, my brother-in-law, which my, is my, my wife's brother, he's living, he was living at a time in Greenfield, with, which still lives in here in Greenfield. He told us, hey, there's a, a beautiful school very close by, and uh, there's an opportunity to, to buy a house. So, why don't you guys give it a try? So we came to Greenfield. We got into, you know, the place. He got into the Greenfield High School. And his temper started changing. His attitude and all that stuff. I mean, after he was a very sweet guy, when he used to come from the school, his temper was up and down, up and down. Then I started talking to him because I was very close to him all the time because of the football and stuff. So, and other sports too. Uh, so he started telling me that, you know, uh, there are times that there are even five guys, you know, trying to fight me and all the time. He was, he was very popular. And I, I know I'm the father, I shouldn't say this, but like he was a very good looking guy. So it was kind of hard for him because he was always, a lot of kids, one time I remember he told me that like that kid is, is trying to fight with me and saying something about his girlfriend. I don't even know his girlfriend, so I don't understand what he's trying to fight me. So his his temp his temper started changing a lot. So uh, I started going to the school, you know, talking to his counselors and stuff. But sadly, I could see that a lot of people on the schools they don't take that so seriously. You know, they they think they can just say okay. Anthony, try to avoid this, try to do this, try to do that. So it went really tough. So I really talked to the school people, teachers, counselors and stuff, and they advised me to take him to therapy, which I did. So I took Anthony to therapy, individual, therapists in groups, you name it, he was there. But one time I remember, you know, he, I was waiting for him in the vehicle and he get out of the therapy and he says, he actually punched the dashboard. I said, Dad, I don't understand. I mean, I'm being bullied and I'm the one that has to take therapies. I don't understand. I mean, I, I, I'm tired of hearing over and over, over and over, just Anthony, avoid this, avoid that. Don't, don't pay attention to what they say. Don't do this, don't do that. And Dad, I mean, I just can't take it anymore. So I tried to help him so much, but there was not much that I could do. Why? Because the system, there's no, there's no such a good system that could help kids that are being bullied. If, if you follow what I'm saying, I mean, it was really hard for me. I, I'm not a young guy anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm very close to my 60s. So even though I thought I knew a lot about life, I got to the point with my son that 
once in a while I didn't know what to do. And that's part of the reason that I really want to get involved in with GAP, Generation Against Bullying, that to create kind of a system that we can help kids and even parents like me that I didn't know what to do right at the time. Now, believe it or not, when, when my son took that fatal decision, it's kind of a lot of knowledge got to me, you know, like, okay, this is how it should be. It, it, it can get so hard to the point that not only a teenager, anybody can just go to that fatal decision. I mean, it's just really hard. And there's a lot of people that don't understand that making other people feel bad is not funny. I mean, it's not, not something that we need, should be proud about. I mean, with all the things that I live with my son and, and now I understand that we have to do something about it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree that we do have to work to create a, well, a more safer world for when it comes to especially youth. And then also, I can kind of, I think I understand like why your son feels as though he was made to be the perpetrator or the enemy or to be the bully when he wasn't because a lot of the time when it comes to schools it's like a lot it mainly tends to deal with like the school's reputation the school doesn't want to seem as like oh a problem's happening at school so uh, oftentimes they actually expel the victim or the one who's being bullied but they just made it uh or your son was feeling as though they were just making it, you know, they're his fault, which, or am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah you're saying it completely right, because uh, when I used to come to the meetings with the counselors or with the teachers and stuff, they kind of made it feel, uh, made Anthony feel like he was the one guilty, you know, he was like, it was his fault. And I could see that very easy, because when we were in the meeting with the counselors, Anthony's attitude was completely different. I mean, I, I mean, sometimes, when, when he and I used to talk, he was sweet and kind of explained everything to me. But when he was with counselors, it was like he was in a little bottle, you know, I mean, like a little, you know, something like if everybody was against him. And I, I, after the meetings and stuff, I had to explain to him, hey, Anthony, I mean, I'm your dad and I'm the one that loves you most. I mean, there's no other people that love you more than me. And I said, yeah, dad, but you're listening to them. I said, well, I, I, I just have to listen to what they are saying, but no, I'm not really on their side. I'm in your side. I mean, because I know you're going through all these things and if they don't do something, I'm going to have to do something. So, but bottom line, it was, it was over and over, over and over. So even though I took him to therapies and stuff, they, we were just attacking the symptoms, but we were not really attacking the, the, the origin of the, the whole problem. So until you solve those problems and until we don't create a good environment in the classroom or in the whole school, we won't stop the bullying at all. I mean, it's like in Denmark. I mean, they are changing the whole system. In Denmark, they have to take classes for empathy. And if they don't, if the teachers and the whole system don't see the student that is ready for, for the class, they don't let him go into regular class. They have to take empathy classes first and then try to teach them how to create a good environment for the whole thing so and i think we should we should have to we should start thinking about a system that kind of make the kids feel safe all the schools should be a safe place safe environment like nice place that you really feel that you're going to i remember one time my son was really good in a lot of uh, topics like mathematics and stuff, and uh, his his grades were really low. 
in mathematics in the first grade of, of high school. And all of a sudden he went from Fs or whatever to A plus. And I thought, oh my God, what happened? So I, I, I asked him, Anthony, I'm not mad or upset. I'm actually happy, but I would like to understand you went from really low to really, I mean, like you're now on A plus. I, I, I'm happy, Anthony. I said, dad, yeah, the, the other teacher, the environment wasn't that good. I mean, and, and now this teacher that we're having right now, the environment is completely different. And we feel like we really want to learn. So that's my point. And, and he proved it to me. I mean, he proved it that my words, what I'm saying right now is all right. I mean, we have to create a good environment. We have to create schools with a good environment so the, the kids feel more, uh, a lot happier to kind of be there and learn. Because you and I know that if you're not feeling comfortable, if you're not feeling happy, most likely there's nothing you're going to be able to learn. I completely agree. I completely agree. I remember when I was going through my bullying at my, and it was middle school, I was not able to focus in class. I had a lot of anxiety. And unfortunately, anxiety still affects me to this day. But like, there was so many different emotions going on. And so when it comes to, you know, with you, I'm glad that your son was able to, you know, openly speak with you. But it really does start with like, you know, where a lot of the youth are, which is schools. And at a young age, which is just, well, you know, just at young ages, learning about empathy and learning about um, how to be kind to each other. That's the main thing and how to really, you know, love each other. Um, and so that's something that the schools, that's one of the main things that schools should be focusing on. You know, you go to school to get this education, one thing, and then you go to school also to learn how to interact with people and, you know, make friends. So bullying shouldn't be a part of your day. Bullying should be, I mean, shouldn't be a part of anyone's days. Cause unfortunately it leads to, I mean, unfortunately at many times it leads to the route that your son unfortunately went on, which is suicide. And that's just not wrong because he felt as though, and of course, correct me if I'm wrong in anything that I'm saying, but he felt as though there was no way out, right? He felt as though there was no way out from the bullying and the pain. And that's something that we need to let a lot of the youth know is that it there will be better days, but there's also support. We're here to help you. You just, of course, please speak up to us and please, we encourage you to speak up to us. You know, that's something that a lot of the youth need to, uh, anyone needs to really recognize and understand. I mean, and then I know you also mentioned um, his, well, for the friends that you have mentioned with him, um, did he talk to any of his friends about being bullied? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I mean, uh, when, when, um, when he passed away, I remember uh, they did a, a balloon release. So there was the, the whole, uh, actually the whole school, you know, all the kids and stuff. And uh, I had a chance to talk to a lot of them. They grew up in a, in, in a big field and there was a little, little wall, I remember. And I went on top of the wall and started talking to all of them. So when I mentioned the word uh, bullying, you should have seen their little faces. I mean, they were like, oh yeah. I mean, that school is really, no, like really bad, really bad bullying. So it's, it's, uh, they know it's there, but they need help from adults. I mean, they, 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 they need help from the whole community. I mean, to grow a kid is not only for parents or teachers. I, I, I believe it's the whole community. We should get integrated in the whole 
uh, the whole system to be able to create a good environment, not only in the schools, also, you know, on the basketball field, wherever you go, that they feel safe, first of all, and they feel that they are being respected. If you don't feel like people are respecting you, I mean, it's going to be hard for you to kind of feel comfortable. And some of my friends, my, my old friends tell me, Carlos, this bullying, even when we were kids, and I keep telling them, is not the same. Now, kids with, with the media, they, they take the bullying home. The bullying is all the time. And I, I, I hear with a lot of kids that they go to bed really late, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you name it, and all the kids are living the same life. And most of them are very late in the media, you name it, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And right there is the bullying. Because when I remember he took that decision on a Saturday, that means he didn't go to school. Like for instance, when I was a kid, if I was being bullied in the school, I'd get home and I that's over. I mean, I, I feel happy at home because the environment was a lot better. But on these days, there's cyber bullying. I mean, there's they have they take bullying home. So they in, in the, there are some other medias that they can hear uh, whatever everybody's saying in group or whatever, and they feel really down, really down. I remember one time he told he came out of the school with a terrible attitude. I mean, like. And I, I told, okay, Anthony, what's wrong? No, no, nothing. He was really, really upset, really upset. So a little later, he told me, Dad, I mean, there were these five guys in the bathroom area. They wanted to beat me up. And I, I'm sure that one of them had a knife. But how can I prove to the teachers or to the counselors or whatever that they had, they were, have something that they really, really hurt me. So, and that, it, it was one, I mean, we confide or whatever, but five in front of you you don't know you don't know what's the feeling of having five guys in front of you trying to beat you up dad and in the bathroom area there's nobody around there are no cameras there's not nothing so there's no way for me to prove that i'm, I'm, I'm being bullied i mean if i and, and i go to the teachers they say oh anthony don't pay attention just take a different way go around them and stuff and they don't know what's the feeling of being right there it's just completely different there's no such a thing that don't pay attention that's not such an easy thing. It's not as easy as that. So, and you're right. That's, they feel like they are alone. Yeah. Even though I was there all the time, that's, that's part of the reason that sometimes I feel so down. I mean, I feel like I should have done something, but I did my best. I mean, there was nothing I could have done. Well, Carlos, how are you and your family coping with this huge loss? Oh gosh, at the first uh, few months, it was dev devastating. I mean, it was just, uh, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. When, when, when you lose a kid, a son or a daughter, I think that's, that's the worst loss you could ever have in your life. It's the worst pain. I, I don't even have words to describe the kind of pain that you go through when, when those things happen. I've lost my parents, brothers, and it hurts a lot, but when you lose a kid, it's not the logical way of living life. I mean, they're supposed to bury you, not you bury them. So it, it, it's hard. And it was even worse because of the, the way it happened, especially with the bullying that there, is there and nobody wants to talk about it. I mean, if you ask around the schools and stuff, they try to deny it. And I, I don't understand that. I, I really don't understand. I remember a few weeks after that happened, I got a call from the, somebody from the school. 
she apparently told me that she was the psychologist that was um, full-time in Greenfield High School. So I said, uh, okay, so, uh, Mr. Hernandez, I have a question for you. So yes. Uh, well, I have to explain you first that we're gonna have uh, like a big meeting with the parents and, and we're gonna have professional people there. We're gonna have psychologists, psychiatrists, and we're going to talk about how to, uh, uh, how to prevent suicide. I say, okay, I think that's a good idea. I said, but we are requesting you if we can use your son's name. And I asked her, well, uh, now I have a question for you. Are, are you gonna be able, are you gonna be using the word bullying? Are you gonna talk about bullying? And she said with very, very weird, uh, accent like oh no Mr. Hernandez don't even think about it when it, there's no more bullying in the school we got rid of it I mean we talked to the kids we talked to the teachers and there's no more bullying you don't have to worry about that and I thought oh really well if you're not going to talk about bullying please don't use my son's name I, I, I don't want you to use my son's name please don't even dare because if you're not helping if you're not really talking about the problem one of the biggest problems that there are a lot of suicide and bullying is one of the first ones. I don't think that your meeting or whatever you're going to talk about is going to work because you're just going to speak, but no really solutions at all. So it was really, it was really tough for us. For us, it was really, really devastating. Well, again, I'm sorry to just hear about what your son went through. And I think what you just said actually brings up an interesting point. It reminds me of something. So like you're saying how if you don't speak up about bullying, it'll just keep happening, you know, which of yeah. course I completely agree with. But that also kind of kind of reminds me of history, you know, like if you don't learn, teach and learn about this, it repeats itself, like history repeats itself. That's just something you learn about in school. So why can't we recognize that within bullying? If just talking to the students, okay, I get having a conversation with the students. That's something you do need to start off with. But that's almost just like, or what I'm hearing is almost just like a slap on the wrist. Like you literally, that's like saying your son's bullies bullied him into unfortunately killing himself. And all we did was talk to them and sent them back to class. That's it. But the thing is, we, no, correction, schools need to recognize that that's not where it stops. That's not at all where it stops. You need to have people come in and speak about this. You need to have um, the bullying problem or just like problems like uh, that or just speaking up and positivity, like promoting positivity. We need classes like that. We need at least just days like that where you have the teachers come in they speak to you about how can we promote kindness? Everyone think of um, think of a way we can do that. Or everyone, are there solutions to bullying? How can we prevent this problem? What is bullying? Do we even know that, you know? We need classes like that. And which is why I'm very happy that you work with Generations Against Bullying. That's why we have people like me who are working with anti-bullying organization. But actually, no, how did you connect with Generations Against Bullying? How did I, okay. Uh few weeks before that happened, I had enrolled Anthony in a karate uh, school. And uh, 
I remember that they told me, you know, did you have to, to sign up this contract? And um, I told him, okay, so I, I'm gonna have to, yeah, if, if he doesn't come to class, he's, you still have to pay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, and he told me, she told me the only reason that we can break this contract is that uh, something major happens. And I said, okay, uh, all right, sounds, sounds good to me. So he went to the class uh, a, a few weeks and, and then uh, this happened. So with all my pain, I had to come over and, and, and break that contract because I told them, you know what, this is what happened with my son. So he's no longer, uh, and I don't think I should keep paying. You know, and he says, oh, we are really sorry, blah, 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 and all that stuff, get me there. And uh, Gab was very close to that karate uh, school. So, through that school, that was how I got involved with GAP, Generation Against One, which I'm very happy because uh, I think we all together, if we get together as much as we can do, the better it's gonna be. I mean, if we are more and more people that are talking about that, it, it's going to help a lot more of the kids because the kids, as you said, most of the time they feel lonely. I, I think they, they, they feel there's no way out. And that's the hardest part. There's a way out. I mean, there's many things that we can do, but it has to be all together. If, if, if there's one person or two or three, it's not gonna work, but if we get all together and talk about the, the thing, because I believe that the bully is also a victim of, a, of the system. I don't know, probably they have problems at home, probably they have problems with someone else and they try to take revenge on some other people. So it's, 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 it's a whole, the whole deal. It's not as easy as we can say, oh, the bully has existed in the beginning of the world. No, I mean, right now it's getting worse and worse. As I said, it's cyberbullying and they take bully to the house. And that's the hard part. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think I find myself saying this more and more especially often like just when I come on and like we'll speak anywhere but it's just when it comes to like the bully like the one who's inflicting all of these problems onto their victim the bully's mindset and behavior comes from their home environment or other times I just tend to say an environment that they are mainly around and mainly go to which is you know their home environment they have this mentality um, or this hateful mentality put into their minds and then they bring that back to school or they bring that back to wherever and they inflict that negative energy and that negative emotions and hate onto the, um, the person or people that they were taught to hate for whatever reason they were taught to hate them for. And I, I just know that it's something that's not at all right. I mean, it really leads to such horrible and life-changing um, and devastating effects. And it's just, it's something that we really need to work on. And first saying this, bringing this up in a lot of different places is um, one of the first steps in actually have learning about why this is a problem and then continuing to speak on about it. And then solutions having workshops, having anti-bullying curriculums, having organizations like um, Generations Against Bullying, like Hashtag Race to Speak Up, like Humanity Rising, who are working to, you know, actually educate others about bullying or actually bring people together. Yeah. So I, I mean, of course, I just 
am so happy that you're working to, you know, help others. Do you speak at schools? Uh, we're, you know, this COVID came to kind of ruin a lot of stuff. So I went to many schools with a uh, gap at the beginning, but then, then the COVID it came to this world and, and just stopped everything. So hopefully when this COVID is gone, or I mean, let's hope for the best that it leaves this world, uh, we're going to continue talking to people. Okay. And what lessons do you want students to learn about bullying? Well, one of the, the ones that I would like students to, to know that they are not alone. That's number one. Number two is that they can speak up, like Generation Against Bullying says, be an upstander. You know, like if you see someone doing some bullying to someone, don't be quiet, say something or do something. You know, bring, I don't know, get closer to the, to the, the one is being bullied and show them that there are other people that like them. There are other people that, that love them, not only these bullies that are just negative ne energy. There's a lot of positive energy. And I think that's the first thing that kids should start getting to know that there's positive energy all over. It's not only negative. And as I said, if, if teaching the kids that if they see someone being bullied, be an upstander. I mean, kind of try to stop it. And if usually if you say something in the next 10 seconds, it will just stop. But if we don't do anything, if we, if we keep not telling them, but if we keep showing them that it's okay to do bullying, they won't stop. So we have to tell them, we have to show them that there are solutions. They are not alone. Very true, very true. What age do you think parents in school should start teaching about bullying? I would go the very beginning, you know, like preschool all the way to whatever, because we all know that there's bullying all over. Even, even as adult, I remember when I started in the job that I'm in right now, there were a lot of people that they weren't trying to bully me. So, <laughs> but I was prepared for a lot of things. I mean, we are all different. We are human beings and we are all different. There's a lot of people that are so sensitive that they cannot take any bully at all. And they go really down. Maybe I'm a little bit stronger and I could take bully, but I, we, we can say that there's bully all over. At, job, at, the, at your work, in, in the streets, all over. But that's part of the reason that we have to start teaching kids since the beginning, since the preschool, as, as small as possible trying to tell them, teach them empathy, you know, like trying to understand others. And you don't like to do something to others that you don't, you don't, you don't like them to do it to you. So I think that, that we should start the very early, very early age for the kids. Yeah, learning these different, you know, um, positive messages or learning how to just, you know, be kind to each other at a young age definitely goes a long way. I just think that it'll definitely, you know, help in creating a more peaceful world or just a world with a lot less of these problems because I don't really think families will want to go through these problems. I know you're, I mean, I'm not going to speak on your family. I just know that this is something that's huge and very devastating. And I know a lot of people wouldn't want to go through that. Well, when it comes to my family, I was not even really wanting to get out of bed at some certain points, which is another thing. I was really anxious, but I knew that I had to keep going until now I'm fine with keep going, like with everything. 
or just like, um, you know, just like continuing to help others. I know that we're working to help others. And I know that when it comes to people who are like that, who are working to create a better change, it gives me hope that the world will be better. I mean, when it comes to this bullying epidemic, I think that the world, you know, has a lot to go through. <laughs> it has uh -huh. a lot where we need to work on. Um, I mean, I know we're definitely saying that just in general, but I think that is definitely, you know, something that if we were to learn this from a young age and something that if we continue to go on the path to like helping others and more peace in the world, I think that there just will be more peace in the world and unity on top of that. I think that'll definitely just be something that comes along. Mm -hmm. If we continue to work on this problem, the problem will slowly but surely, you know, get fixed. That's how I think of it. And I'm glad that you're working. I'm glad that we have people like you who are helping others and speaking to others and teaching others about this unfortunate bullying epidemic. What are your hopes for anti-bullying awareness moving forward? Uh, where is my what? Oh, um, what are your hopes for anti-bullying awareness moving forward? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I, I really think we can do it. And I can see that uh, all the kids, I'm not saying uh, a lot of them, I, I, will, I, I do believe that all kids are kind of getting into the, the, the knowledge of uh, the idea of we have to create a better world. Otherwise, we're just going to go downhill. And as you can see, there's a lot of kids that they are start they start being interested in, in you know, for instance, in animals, dogs, being more human, trying to create this world a lot better environment, not only for human, for everybody, for the animals, for everybody. And I think we should be more thoughtful, you know, with with everything, not only between us, but I think I really think they are kids teenagers, they start thinking already in a positive way. And I really hope that they are continuing being that way. I definitely agree with you. And I also want to thank you for speaking with me to, or speaking with us today. It was great speaking to you. Now, no problem. Anytime. tell us about Anthony's legacy, because I, I want you to mention that. So can you tell us about Anthony's legacy? Yes. Yes, I, I'm going to start that because... Um, he left us a lot of information. He left us a lot of uh, ways of uh, trying to solve this problem. Uh, what really got me really badly is when he passed away and I talked to these kids in, the, in that uh, balloon release that I told you a little while ago, uh, many of his friends, they came to me and told me that he was the one supporting them, trying to cheer them up, you know, when they were down, they, when they were suffering bullying, bullying too, he was the one coming to them to tell them, oh, don't listen, be, do this, do that. He was the one that tell them or give them a lot of hopes of how to get their lives straight out in, in many ways. I remember there was this girl that used to, or still likes boxing. So obviously a lot of people kind of make fun of her because that's not really a sport for, well, that's what everybody says that it's not a sport for women. So everybody picked on her and all that, trying to do bullying to her and all that. So 
Anthony was the one that says, no, 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 don't pay attention. I mean, you like boxing. I mean, go ahead and do it. So I've been writing a lot of stories from Anthony, stories that his own friends have told me. And that's part of uh, how I'm going to start with uh, Anthony Legacy, all the information that he left us, all the stories that I can tell you about him and uh, how we can uh, help others because all the things that he went through, they, they were not, some of them were nice, some of them bad, really bad. So the fact that we can tell his stories might help someone. And if, if, if he's helped someone, at least one person, I would be more than happy. If it's only one person that I, I, I did help, I'm happy with it. If it's two person, if it's three more, whatever. And uh, I'm really happy because most of his friends even call me Pa, the way my son used to call me. You know what I'm saying? So that, that makes, me, makes me believe that I really have to go for it. I really have to do something about all the information that Anthony left us. I really have to speak up and say what happened to him and nobody should go through whatever he went through. Not, not other parents should go through what I went through or my wife and I went through. So it's, 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 not, it's not any information that we should keep for us. I want to share it with people. I want to share all my story to get something positive from something negative that happened. I know some once in a while I feel bad saying that it was negative, but yeah, it was negative. And something, what happened to my son was not something positive. So from something negative, I really want to get something positive. I really want to get people to know that they are not alone and that we can do something all together in community. I think it's beautiful that you're putting that together and putting it together to help others. So I yes. think it's really beautiful. And of course, I'm always going to support you. So keep me updated on that. <laughs> Anytime, we're, we're, we're here. We're here to help each other. Awesome. Oh, wait, okay, going back to social media. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to start a social media page for Anthony's Legacy? Yes. My last question for you is how can people find you? Um, tell us your website. Oh, gap.org. I think that only gap.org. That's yeah, gapnow.org. That's G A B N O W.org. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm bad with internet things. Still, I'm, I'm still learning. I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Carlos. Well, Carlos, thank you so much for sharing your personal story about your son, Anthony, with us and working towards bullying and suicide prevention. Not a problem. I'll be here for you anytime. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for everyone listening. I hope to see you guys at future Race to Speak Up podcasts. If you have any questions about the Race to Speak Up podcast, feel free to contact me at race to speak up at gmail.com. Make sure to follow at Race to Speak Up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates on future podcasts. Join the Humanity Rising movement. Humanity Rising offers scholarships for students making a difference in the world through service. Visit www.humanityrising.org for more information. And remember to ask yourself this question, how do you race to speak up?